Spalding, this calls for the old Billy Barul. First edition of the Conquer Golf Podcast. Uh, Brian Thompson here with Kevin Noto alongside. And first, just wanted to let people know kind of what we're all about. And, you know, I, I get from a lot of people that, that see some of the swag that I sport with our logo on it that, you know, you can't conquer golf. And I kind of jokingly tell them all the time that I conquer it every day. Uh, and <laughs> it's like, I, I don't think of it so much as, you know, what what you shoot or, um, you know, what tournaments you're winning. Obviously that's sort of conquering golf in, in one way, but for me, it's really just about making sure that I'm, I'm enjoying the game. I'm not letting the game get the best of me. I think there's just way too many people out there that just let it consume them, uh, consume them in, in a very unhealthy way. Um, and so, you know, we were talking just before we started this about like Ricky Fowler is mm-hmm. sort of somebody that we think is good at conquering golf in, in the right way. Yeah. Um, the way that we're talking about it. I don't know who some other ones might be that you think of, but. Um, just always positive attitudes like that. Um, I mean, he definitely stands out the most to me. Yeah. Always looks like he's having fun. Always is a gentleman. Um, treats, you know, even his caddy fans, everyone with respect. Um, I guess Phil is kind of close in my mind. Yeah. Um, I, think... I mean, the whole U.S. Open thing, bending the rules, or the kind of the ungentlemanly yeah. playing a ball while moving. Yeah, that um, was a little bit atypical, though, for sure. Yeah, but as a whole, he he looks at the game holistically. He understands how much it's given to him. Um, yeah. So he always gives it his all. He never gives up. And he looks like he's having fun, and he he truly keeps stuff in perspective. Like, yes, it's extremely important to them, but it still is a game, and it's still supposed to be fun. And he reflects that with how he plays, going for par fives and two, and taking risks and stuff like that. So, yep, I totally agree. Did you uh, did you catch the tournament at all last week, the Canadian <coughs> Open? Bits and pieces. Um, saw some highlights. I saw the Saturday close. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was good. I didn't watch a single second on Sunday, though, but um, I guess it Dustin a, finally yeah. lived up to the A little bit anticlimactic, potential. but uh, <clears throat> I guess they had a little bit of a weather delay, and then Dustin mm. came out, and he was pretty much a couple ahead the whole way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's kind of fun to uh, watch the tournament uh, just at Glen Abbey because, I don't know, especially our generation kind of, Grew up on that highlight of Tiger from 2000, hitting out of that bunker on 18 at Glen Abbey. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's just kind of fun to, to look back at that. I know there was a couple couple people that were sharing videos of that, and it's just like, yeah, that's kind of, that's how it used to be. Yeah. And uh, and now, <laughs> you know, we're starting to get a little bit of a glimpse of, like, you know, what it what it could be, um, again, for, for Tiger at least, uh, which is, is kind of fun and exciting. Do, do you think that... What do you think about his chances this week at uh, at Bridgetown? I mean, you'd almost think he has to be maybe the second favorite behind Dustin Johnson. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, Dustin Johnson kind of has to be the favorite if he signs up for any tournament right now. Um, maybe with the exception of 
Augusta. I mean, for some reason, he'd probably make Spieth the favorite, or at least in my mind, he would be. He yeah. seems to just, like, that seems yeah. to be his home. But I think he's got to be the second favorite. I haven't checked the betting on. I'll do that right now. But Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, he's, he's had so much success at, at Firestone. He's obviously... He's starting to play consistently well. He's certainly not as good yet as he was, but I, I definitely feel like he's trending in the right direction, right? Like his his good play, I think, if he has a, a good week and he putts well and, and kind of like he will win. I don't think he's really put it together for 72 holes yet. Um, you know, maybe earlier in his career where he, he could play like he's played these last few top tens and he could win that yeah. way. You mm-hmm. know, and he's probably not quite there anymore like that, but I, I do feel like he's... He's definitely getting better. I, I I just hope that he stays healthy and uh, you know can kind of continue progressing because I do think there's an opportunity for him to really uh, you know be be as close to as good as he was before, if if not as good, and, and win a few more majors. And I, I still think that there's an outside shot that he could catch Jack Nicklaus's record. Um, I think most people underestimate him. I think nowadays it's been so long since he's been dominant in the game that. People forget how how good he was. You know, yeah, those of us in our early thirties are remember it pretty well, I think. But yeah, he's uh, all of our favorite golfers or heroes or something like that. I know he is mine. I know he is Brian's. Um, yeah. Is there is there something about that course that made that like suits him? Like how come Firestone? he's been so dominant there? Is it like can you hit a lot of irons off tees? Because that's the one concern I have is like if if hitting driver puts you in a huge huge advantage he's he's going to be at a very big disadvantage to i guess looking at the board right now the top three favorites are well it goes dustin johnson's seven to one and then rory rose and tiger are all 12 to one so they're all the same but when i look at those top four three of them are world-class drivers yeah and one of them is world-class everything else yeah i, I think for tiger I mean, it's certainly from what I've never played there, but I, I do have some friends that have played there um, and have shared that it's a it's a great course and that it's, it's pretty narrow off the tee. But it's also the holes are adjacent to one another, so I think yeah. for Tiger, it's like you know, even if he gets in the trees, he he can get use the creativity to like find his way out of of that, right? And um, so I think that's. That's one of the things that, that's sort of advantageous for him is that there's not too many opportunities for him to be taking penalty strokes. There's not too many things that put a lot of fear into him off the tee. Yeah. Um, you know, he's always been a great scrambler, mm-hmm. um, you know, and very Grinder. creative. Yeah. yeah. So I think <laughs> there's that. And then he's always been a great iron player, too, right? And so if he just gets yeah. it in play off the tee, like, you know, I think he gives himself a, a lot of good looks at birdies. Yeah. Uh, I think you said it there, though. Like, being someone who maps it off the tee um, and is very fearful over a lot of tee shots, um, you feel a lot more comfortable and you're a lot more likely to hit it straight if to the right and left there's oak trees versus if to the right there's penalty strokes and to the left there's trees. Whatever yeah. the case may be, it makes you... It's not just that the penalty's less, it's it allows you to hit it straighter because you're freed up. Right. So it it's like a double bonus. So. Yeah. That that's a good point. Yeah, um, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. So we'll see. It, it'll be interesting. I'm I'm sort of hoping that you know he gets, 
you know, a little bit more momentum this week. I wouldn't be surprised if he won, but I think even just like one more good finish where he has a chance on Sunday and then, you know, going into uh, the PGA at Belle Reve the following week, it should be should be pretty interesting. Who who are some of the other ones that you uh, are looking at? The, the one that keeps creeping up, and I don't know if you've seen his action very much, but we Kim. Have you seen this guy? I like this guy's move. Yeah, he, he's been up there a couple of times. He, he seems like a sort of a good sleeper. I don't know what kind of odds that he, he's getting, but um, you know, to win this week. But it just seems like is he in the field? Uh, that's a good question. Is he not even in the field? That uh, he's definitely been uh, been up there. Who won earlier? Time. This did he? Did he? Did win? he win earlier? I don't. I don't know. Let's see. We can. I don't think. I don't. He... I don't think he did. There was some kid that won out of Cal, and he won oh, Michael, going away. Michael Kim. Ed Michael John, Kim. John That's who I'm yeah. thinking of. Sorry. Yeah. Um, he won going away. That was really impressive. The pull away speed, but um, <laughs> right. Yeah, that was. Yeah, We Kim looks like a four. It's so. It's so crazy. It's. It just shows you the the fine line for these guys. It's like. There's people that you've never heard of, or you know, we've all heard of Wee Kim, but never really seen him. But then once he has a good week and gets in the spotlight, it's like, yeah, you know, you instantly think this guy could probably be a world class player, you know, like yeah. just from potential and his action and his demeanor. And it's like, you know, the putting he's he hit a lot of putts I thought were going to go in on that Saturday that that kind of didn't, but um, it just shows you how deep these fields are. It's yeah. It's pretty wild when you think about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm looking at the betting odds here. Um, just the name that jumps out at me is Francesco Molinari at 25 to one. Not that that's a good bet coming off the British Open, but like, just to talk about bet. just to talk about <laughs> him for a second. I mean, yeah, I you you watch him and you have no idea what he does special other than. Kind of hits it exactly where he wants to. Probably <laughs> that's that pretty special. I, <laughs> I mean, it is, but there's no overwhelming power. Right. There's no. Um, I mean, I is he cross-handed or is he claw? Like, I think he's. I think he's cross-handed. If I'm remembering from watching the British show, but you're you're absolutely right. I mean, he's just. I mean, he's... he just pieced his putting together. I think this year. I think that he's one of those guys that like, that was the missing piece. He's always been a good ball striker, and then this year he's hitting especially good, combined with just rejuvenated putting. So, if that's the kind of thing that lasts, um, you know, a lot of these guys make changes, their putting improves for a year, and then they become a crappy putter again. Um, but if it's the kind of thing that sticks, maybe he'll stick around in the top ten in the world for a while. I don't know. Yeah. Top ten in the world is interesting. Yeah. For sure. I mean, he's definitely kind of... Yeah, he's certainly the hottest player in golf the last uh, month or so. I think him and DJ. It's it's funny, two guys that having as much success as as the two of them, they play just a completely different game. Um, yeah, and, exactly. You know, it's like yeah, there's definitely more than one way to do it. Um, yeah, that but, is a really cool point. Yeah, Looks uh, like, I don't I don't think we Kim is in the field. I'm just looking at this. Again. Yeah, he's only 98. It's just surprising. He's got two runner-ups this year. Uh, is he just the missing man? Him. Is he missing man everywhere else? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. He said, I guess he's only got three top tens, but geez, three second place finishes, two third place finishes. Yeah, I don't know. Seems like he's about nine. Maybe top. So yeah. I heard something interesting during the broadcast. 
since he won a certain tournament, he doesn't have to serve in the Korean military. Is that true? I heard something like that. He has to go back for boot camp, but he doesn't have to do the full two-year Sangwoon Bay um, term. Which, talk about someone I feel bad for. He was probably playing the best golf of his life. And this year, he's like, I don't think he can make cut. He's not Stephen Bowditch, but... Or Smiley Kaufman, but he's pretty bad. I haven't even... What, what happened to Smiley Kaufman? I haven't even thought Smiley Kaufman? Yeah. He's like the new... He's the Bowditch of 2017. He like... He can't not place outside of the top 110 in any tournament. Half of them, it's a WD after the first round. It's, really? I haven't even noticed that. That's too bad. Yeah, it is. It's It's interesting how fast it all goes away. I don't know if this is his last year of exemption. Yeah. I mean... I think he won... Shriners, right? In Vegas? Then it wasn't Did he win in 16? Because if he won in 16... I'm pretty sure it then, was. Yeah, I'm pretty then sure he still has one more year. Because if you win in Shriners, your exemption goes on for two years. But technically, that's the 2017 season. So you'd have another one. But. Yeah. Let's see. Smiley. Yeah, he has had a rough yeah. year so far. Looking down the world golf rankings, guess who just snuck in the 50th spot? T-dubs? T-dubs. Yeah, I think, uh, that's, I think that's what got him in this week. To You have to do top 50? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what the rule is. Hey, when do his exemptions, not that it's going to matter because he's playing good golf and he'll be in there for, um, you know, <coughs> yeah, well, uh, US World Open, Golf Rankings, but like, when do they run out? Isn't the U.S. Open a 10-year exemption to the U.S. Open, or is that just five years? I want to say 10. Um, the British... That's a lifetime until you're like 65, I think, or something. Oh, they cap the age, yeah. but they I, give it to you? For, yeah. Okay. That's why we get to still see Todd Hamilton tee it up? Yeah. Nice. Exactly. Yeah. What would a British be without that guy? Um, <laughs> there was some meme that I saw that was like, oh, it was the Francesco Molinari meme. Or the most were, disappointing? Yeah, the most disappointing thing was to Todd, Todd Hamilton was on the thing. <laughs> Which is so bad. I mean, there's nothing against Todd Hamilton at all, but... Um, no. Yeah, it, it was just kind of a funny thing. When I think of the most outrageous majors I've seen, um, and I'm 33 now, going on 34, so that's like the era I've lived in. Um, taught, or who's that? Sean McKeel? That was, that was an was amazing that? finish. The seven iron to Holy like an so, inch? An, an inch. Yeah. Not, like, yeah. not like a foot, no, an inch. That like, one glares out in my mind. But. Yeah. No, that was, uh, yeah, Oak, Oak, Oak Hill, I think it was. Or, yeah, yeah, that was Oak Hill. I was thinking, I always confuse Oak Hill and Oakland Hills, but no, that was Oak Hill. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> I mean, the other one that I think about is Ben Curtis. Ben Curtis. But he had kind of a run after that, too. Yeah. He had a couple other wins, I think. He had a tiny bit of staying power, yeah. but still strange. Yeah. Um, and then people say Michael Campbell. Michael Campbell is actually, like, he was pretty good in the early two thousands. Yeah, he was he was really yeah. good. In the it, early 2000s. That would be to me like saying, Trevor Immelman, who like right after his win, he kind of just disappeared. He Danny Willetted and just disappeared. But that doesn't mean they weren't like good golfers before. You know? Yeah, they kind of just couldn't hold yeah. that hold keep up. I, I heard Trevor talking about some of his. Uh, I think recently I forget what tournament it was. Was it? Uh, it was like the Scottish Open or one of the maybe the Irish Open. Scottish Open right before the Open Championship. Yeah, and he was talking about he 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 was playing and he had some 
at least one good round in there. I forget how many, what he ended up finishing with, but I think he had a 64 one day. And, you know, he's spent most of his time in the broadcasting booth the last couple of years, but he yeah. was talking about how at one point in time, like, he just, there were certain things about his game that he just didn't like, and that he sort of alluded to the fact that that sort of, like, took him out of the things that made him good or that yeah. he was good at. Like he wanted to learn how to hit a cut or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, for him it was uh, probably more about, he didn't say this explicitly, but he was always such a low ball hitter yeah. and hit down on it quite mm-hmm. a bit, especially even with the driver, which, you know, in the advent of track man, everybody's talking about optimizing yeah. attack angles and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, it just goes to show you, like, I, I think it's, he's right. Like that's, yeah, you can be, optimal or efficient but efficient is not a substitute for effective yeah right and um obviously trevor immelman was very effective uh for a long time yeah. and you know obviously won a major hitting a, a pretty low ball which in the major he won is kind of widely considered to be a high ball hitters yeah. golf course right and was it wet that year uh i don't remember was it? i don't i don't remember it being like especially wet but i don't think it was one of those dry baked out years i think he put on a driving display though I've, yeah, well, and his swing was so good. Was awesome. So good. Yeah, yeah. It was as good as yeah as any swing. Yeah, uh, for sure. The, that stands out. The other, if we're just talking about like not random people to win majors, but their swing caught me off guard was Louis Tazen uh, at the British. Yeah, like that was like I had never even heard of him. Yeah, and then you see him win with that swing, and you're like, "Holy moly!" How has he not won he's this tournament three every, years running? Yeah. He's gonna <laughs> yeah. win every tournament the rest of his life. Yeah, uh, there's a guy that conquers golf. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, yeah. like he just seems like he's got a great attitude, and you know, certainly, you know, when you see him on TV, a lot yeah. of the guys oftentimes are, you know, winning, and so it's easier for them to look like they have a, a you know kind of a good sense about them and they're, they're feeling good about things and not letting the game get to them but even I, I've been yeah. at a couple tournaments and I've seen him in person a little bit and he just seems like he's got kind of got like a, a smile yeah. yeah he just has a, has a good attitude about the game I think that's so important for so many guys yeah um, but yeah you know back to you know, kind of guys <laughs> that have sort of tried to reinvent themselves or not in some cases I think you know Dustin Johnson who won last week there's, mm-hmm. there's a guy who has literally done the same thing for a long time. He's gotten better yeah. with the wedges, you know, recently, but, like, he hasn't tried to change. So I think that's, like, really a credit to, in large part, to, to, to him and to his coach, Butch Harmon and, and Claude Harmon, yeah. who've worked with him. And, like, that's the third guy to take in at number one. Like, that's a pretty good record yeah. when you think about it. Like, has Phil ever been one? I was thinking about this this morning. I don't He's only he... been two. Yeah, is that not... That's one of the biggest crimes in golf, I He's think. He's the best golfer to never He's... be world... world uh, without question, the best to never Who's be number one. Who's the worst since they instituted this? The worst is to it, be number one? Is it Luke Donald? No, well, he kind of dominated for a while. He was really good. I mean, I mean, you don't get to number one without being really good, but yeah, like... There's there's a couple guys that have been like number one for like a week or something. Like Lee Westwood was number one, but he, he was he number one. Yeah. yeah, but he was real. He was a he's, yeah. he's very real. He just hasn't won a major. This yeah. is literally the only thing only he could, has competed and won, like won yeah. on the world stage forever. Just yeah. just can't Let's see. win Fewest that weeks major. at world number one. I'm curious. Fewest weeks. Um. Yeah, I that's mean, a good question. the first one ever was like. It was like for, Sandy Lyle or Ian Woosnam or something. Woosnam, I think Bernhard might have been for a bit. Let's um, see here. 
I don't know. It's interesting. Oh, I guess Tom Lehman was number one for one week. Yeah, he probably won a major or something to get there. I don't know. This is a fairly strong list. Martin Keimer's interesting, but, I mean, the man has two majors, so. Um, Yeah. Talk about someone that fights it, though. You're talking Um, about this whole gotta-change thing. Right. He has gotta-change-itis really, really bad, I think. Yeah, I I agree. I I, I don't know. No, well, he had that really great stretch that got him to number one, and then I think... You know, I, I don't know, I'm speculating, but from what I've heard sort of through the murmurs through the golf community, that he like felt like he needed to learn how to hit a draw in order to be competitive at Augusta. And like really hasn't been quite the same player since then. No. Um, I mean, I think he had that runaway at Pinehurst number two. Yeah. Um, and I think that was post him swing change, but like he's the kind of guy that just shows up and just disappears. Like, yeah. Because it's like, his swing only comes together like twice a year. It seems yeah. like, and the rest of the year he's just tinkering. Yeah, and it's it's sad because, I know he's kind of a Ryder Cup destroyer too of the United States. Like, yeah, that year, the year that we all want to forget. Um, what was that? That was fourteen. Oh, 20, 12, no, twelve at 20, Medina, right? Is that the one you're the talking? Comeback? Yes, the comeback. Yes, the the most devastating Sunday comeback we've ever seen. Yeah. Yes. That, I think he did the knockout blow. Um, yeah, he. Uh, yeah, well, he was. Was he? Was he playing Tiger, or was he playing? No, he wasn't playing Tiger. Who was he playing in that match? Tiger. It didn't matter by yeah, the time but, Tiger got yeah, to eighteen. That's right. That's right. I think he was playing. I don't know someone who I hated for a long time after. <laughs> um, who was it? I don't think it was Webb. Uh, now, now we really have to figure this out. Yeah, I don't know, but. That, to me, was... That was horrible. I just remember Phil and Rose match. And Rose made that, like, 200-foot putt on 17 or 16, whatever that par 3 over the lake was. And then so Phil's, Stricker. like... He was playing Stricker. That's right. Mm-hmm. In the second to last group. Stricker. No. There was you someone did else after, I you, hated. you did after that week. You... Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I couldn't believe what was happening. <laughs> but, yeah. That was pretty wild. Duffner yeah. there... Furix. Dude, when you look at this group, yeah, they're all still very relevant. Very much so. Like, Dude, this was, I mean, such a 2012, strong... that's six years like ago. All, all of these guys. Bubba, are... Webb, Keegan, Phil, Snedeker. I guess he's the one that's probably fallen off the most. Even he had a pretty good week last week, I think. Yeah, but he's not even close to the injuries. for... Yeah, well, and Keegan's not anymore, but he, he's had a he, pretty good year. He just he just finished with a second or third or yeah. whatever. I yeah, mean, but he's not a Ryder Cup like yeah thing. Probably um, not at this point. No, you're right. Um, DJ Zach, yeah. Jim Furyk injuries. Yeah, you got a couple older guys too, right? And Furyk yeah. and Stricker, who who may or may not Furyk and Stricker, yeah, be competitive. Yeah. Uh, for you know, on the... is Kucher in in the points? He's got to be. That guy's like a top ten machine. I know. He, I feel like he will be forever. Yeah, because game I mean, depends on nothing other than him yeah, conquering golf. Conquering golf, maybe, this, maybe as well as anybody in the game. Yeah, actually, yes. Yeah, when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, definitely conquering golf, conquering ping pong too, and tennis, from what I understand yeah. as well. But conquering jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh man, that was the best last year when he called out <laughs> Phil for not being at uh, the at East Lake for the Tour Championship, and 
the, the last Ryder Cup, and they were doing a press conference, and he was like, gosh, this is a great team. We've got, you know, 11 of the 12 guys on this team have made it to Eastlake. And he's like, if it wasn't for Phil Mickelson, then we would have had 12 <laughs> out of 12 guys on the team. And it's just like, it was amazing, because Phil was sitting right there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, really funny. Yeah. He's, he's pretty good. All right. So... Uh, we're, we're coming up a little bit against it here. Uh, we'll, let's fast forward. Let's let's make some picks for this week. All right, you got Firestone. I got to figure out who's in the field this week. Um, you know, what are? I mean, obviously DJ is one that seems like probably a, a pretty good pick coming off of a win. We've talked about Molinari. Um, obviously, he seems like he's got a game that's pretty good for a, a course like Firestone. Um, you know, is there anybody else sort of on your your radar here that other than Tiger? Well, yeah, okay, he can, he's got to be. So, okay, you've got those those three for sure. But who else is there that seems like they're sort of appealing to you as a pick? Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking. Uh, what, what about as a as an under the radar pick, Affa Barnrat? I mean, I kind of I like that guy. I just like I him. Know. I just I, I don't know I if feel he's like a, he'll you, never win. <laughs> There's a couple guys that I feel like, yeah, they like might never win. Again. I mean, yeah, I just like him. I think I just really like him. Yeah, I want him to win. Yeah. Um, all right, scrolling here. I mean, Patrick Cantley's kind of like he's quietly he's a had a very good year. Yeah, he's a gamer. He he's has so a win. slow. I can't. His, it's hard for me to root for the guy. He's so slow and methodical. Yeah, his adjusting over the ball with it's, the feet it's becoming a bit much. For oh, me. Bryson's in. Um, oh, we'll see Bryson. if he's recovered. I, I think Surprised I, he hasn't WD'd or withdrawn. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I mean he's looked to Devin Scott. He's made some waves in the media lately between that meltdown on the range and then, oh yeah uh, that finish to the tournament. I think it's in Germany that uh, Euro Tour event that he yeah he he's got to take a, he's got he's got to take a break. He yeah. he needs to like go to the mountains and meditate for <laughs> weeks upon months. Um, let's see here. Oh, just on a quick side note, Lexi Thompson, she, uh, withdrew last week from the Scottish Open, getting ready for the British, or maybe she withdrew from the British, I think it was too. the British that she actually withdrew from, yeah. Yeah, because she just, just needed, needed a break. Some, take some me time. It's interesting. I mean, that, that is interesting. I mean... A major. Yeah, yeah. Strange. I hope, I hope she's okay. I mean, I'm, yeah, it I'm didn't sure seem like be... a physical thing. I mean, but like, that's an interesting one. I just thought I'd mention it because we're talking about Bryson DeChambeau, and I was thinking about people who should take a mental a mental break, and all right, he might be one of them. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, you got one pick this week. That's not Tiger. DJ, yeah, it's not. Or um, yeah, you could pick Molinari. I'll let you pick Molinari no, if you want. Not but Molinari. yeah, it's not Tiger or DJ. Who's right. your pick? I'm gonna pick a first and last. Someone I think is going to take first. Someone I think is going to take Ooh, last. Oh, I like it. I like it. Um, well, the last is always interesting, too, in this event because there's no cut. Yeah, So I they have to stick around. I remember that one year after when Tiger was going through all of the, the drama in, like, 2010 or 11, and he came in, like, last or next to last. He was, like, a million over par. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pat and Kazire will take last. Oh, yeah. Um, for sure. Very little <laughs> no doubt about it in your mind. <laughs> um, who's due? Who's ready? I, I'm picking. All right, you're, you're, you picked your last. I'm going to pick my first first. I'm going to pick Justin Rose. 
Mm. is my pick. I know that's probably not like a very bold pick, but he just seems like he's got things dialed in pretty well. He's ready, huh? All right, last. Gosh, you're... Oh, man. Um, last. These guys are really good. It's hard to pick somebody to come in last. <laughs> like... Uh, God. All right, my first, I think... Um, much to your dismay, I, Kevin Kisner's going to get it done this week. Kevin Kisner. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe so. Maybe so. All right. My last pick. <clears throat> your first. All right. I'm going to go with, um, gosh, I, just because I've never heard of this guy, I'm going to go with Jacko Allers. He's the first <laughs> one on the list. I, Jacko. I mean, that's a great name, though. Great name. Never heard of him. Never I, heard I of Bjorn Alexander either, but... Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm going to go with Jacko Allers. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. I you know who might be due for a win, too? And I already used my pick, but Tony Finau might be. He's had a heck of a year. Yeah. He yeah. might be due this week, so... Yep. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. What ended up happening. Thanks. And then uh, we can be held accountable for our picks. All yeah. Right. So, um, Jacko... All right, don't fail me now. Yeah, fade Patton <laughs> and Jacko. <laughs> right. Later, guys. We'll catch you guys later. <laughs> I'm just sitting here in front of you guys. <laughs> Talking. Just...